came here for some music. It kind of happened really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker. Welcome back from the long weekend. Okay, over the weekend, it was the Napa Bottle Rock Festival. Napa, California, Guns N' Roses headlining on Saturday night. Uh, set cut short on Saturday night. The band went past the event's curfew. Apparently, it's a strict curfew just halfway through Paradise City. I ah, just cut the power. Sure, why not? Can you imagine what would have happened back in the day before Axel was, you know, as mellow and professional as he is now? Oh, man, would have been riot time. They were playing Paradise City, as I mentioned. Dave Grohl had joined them on stage. Foo Fighters headlined on Sunday night. Things started out great for the show. 21 songs in. Band leaves the stage, returns for the encore. So at least they were almost through the set couple of surprise guests in the encore as well. Pink joined the band for Patience, and then Dave Grohl strolls out to perform Paradise City with them. They got about three minutes in, power cut. Band continued rocking it out, finished the set. The audience pretty much had to sing along at the top of their lungs to do that. It was kind of fitting, actually, that Grohl was on stage with GNR when the power was pulled because same thing happened to Foo Fighters in 2017 at the same festival. Now, at the time, the Bottle Rock CEO, a guy named Dave Graham, said, when we took over the festival, we made a deal with the city of Napa and the community that we would honor some of their concerns and deal with some of their concerns. One of which was, can't have noise past 10 p.m. So any outdoor show you go to in Napa, California, that's going to end at 10 p.m. And if not, they're going to pull the plug. Well, when it happened in 2017, obviously it didn't bother the Foo Fighters too much. It's also a huge gig. So as I mentioned, Foo Fighters headlined on Sunday night. Okay, Robert Plant has shared his thoughts on the aging of classic rockers, the aging world of rock and roll. He's doing the press for his new collaborative project with Alison Krauss, Raise the Roof, and he talked about heritage bands who still play together after decades in the musical scene, says they look sadly decrepit, his words, and he likens them to, quote, hanging on to a life raft. He says, quote, the good thing about Allison and I is that we're a couple of kindred spirits. Most musicians form a band and they stay in the band until it's over. 20, 30, 50 years, whatever it is. And it starts to look sadly decrepit. It's like people hanging on to a life raft or staying in a comfortable place. He says, with us, there's nothing written in blood. He's talking about his partnership with Krauss. He says, we were ready to do something new and we knew how good it was before. So we can just join up again and... See where we go. We got nothing to lose. Incidentally, Plant also said he's been having dreams about John Bonham during the lockdown, describing them as, quote, magnificent moments of great relief. Raise the Roof, the Robert Plant, Allison Krauss album, comes out November the 19th. And finally, Sammy Hagar shared his early memories of Van Halen in an upcoming Eddie Van Halen biography called Unchained. Most of his recollections are very, very positive, but he does confess in the book that David Lee Ross' flamboyant theatrical showmanship, not a fan. He said, quote, from the outside, I was impressed by Van Halen. What I liked about them was that they wrote hard rock pop tunes. Eddie's guitar playing was so musical. And because he used major chords, it was very unique, very cool, edgy, yet sweet. It was almost wimpy and heavy at the same time. Ted Templeman's production made the band sound heavy, and in the same way that John Bonham always made Jimmy Page sound heavy, so Alex always made Eddie's playing heavy, even when he was playing cutie pie riffs. I don't know that if Eddie were still alive, he'd appreciate that exact phrase. He said, but I didn't like David Lee Roth's antics. I didn't see how any guys could like him, but I guess they did. It's like Howard Stern once said, if David's biggest fans ran into him in a bar, they'd kick his ass. 
Oh, my God. Now, this writer notes, of course, and it's no mystery, from the early 80s, there was no love loss between these two guys. At the beginning of the 80s, David Lee Roth wondered out loud to a journalist, quote, quite what manner of a man was Sam, writing songs only about cars and not women. How very Diamond Dave. Hager responded by calling Roth a F-word and suggested that Roth wanted a, quote, relationship with him. Again, this is back in the early 80s. Eddie told one of his friends, a guy named Stephen Rosen, who wrote for Guitar World, he said, Dave always hated Sammy, and I never understood why. Dave would always talk shit about him. Ah, that little mother, he ain't got nothing on me. And I'd wonder, where's that even coming from? Why the animosity? Hagar remembers that he was initially tipped off to internal problems within Van Halen in the mid-80s by producer Ted Templeman. Of course, they had a long-standing relationship together, going back to Sammy's solo stuff and Montrose before that. He said, I'd been working with Ted on 1984's VOA album, and he was telling me about the bad blood in Van Halen. He'd be saying, oh boy, those guys, man, they got a ton of problems. And when Ted said, I think Roth is going to leave the band, I thought, they're going to call me. I mean, look, this is one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Who can they get? They can't just get some kid off the street because Roth is too big of a character. I'm not saying I'm psychic, but I get feelings about things. I have done my whole life, and I just knew. Really looking forward to that book. Again, that one's called Unchained, upcoming biography of Eddie Van Halen. That is the Classic Rock Files.